As most of you know, we're in relationships, uh, a series of relationships, and today we're going to be talking about husband and wives, and you know, I want, to, uh, of course, Ori, he usually has a, a funny joke that he likes me to tell, but I, but I like this one here today, and there's this husband that come home really late one night, and I'm, I'm sure it's nobody here, but I mean, uh, has ever done that, but I'm, there was a husband come home really late one night. And his wife was so mad, and she yells out, where have you been? How would you like it if you didn't see me for two days? And I don't know what kind of shape he was in, but he said the wrong thing. Has anybody ever said the wrong thing to your wife? Oh, yeah. And he said, wow, that would be great. And then Monday went by. And he didn't see her, and Tuesday went by, he didn't see her, and Thursday and Friday went by, and he didn't see her, and then finally, he finally, after the swelling went down, he could finally see her out of the corner of his eye, right? He could barely, he could just barely see her. So, <laughs> you know what's funny, that, you know, there, that's probably a true story if we only knew, that's probably a, a true story. And no, the women will not get equal airtime. All right. But uh, I, I am glad that everybody joined us today. Uh, we're really talking about a very serious topic, which is relationships, you know, and it's, uh, it affects each and every one of us. Uh, you know, it's probably one of the most important things that we'll ever have in life. Far more important than cars or trucks or Vehicles, you know, you know, we know that. But our relationships can literally change our life. And each and every one of us have probably been in a bad relationship at one time or another, whether it's a marriage or whether it's even a friendship. Anybody ever had a bad friendship or, or a bad acquaintance or whatever the case may be? Most of all of us have had a bad relationship at one time or another. So I want to review just real quick and, and then I'll go on. But the first week, uh, the title of the sermon was Relationships 101. And if you didn't, and if you didn't, uh, wasn't here, you don't have that CD, grab that on your way out because there's some very good spiritual truths in that. And what we kind of looked at it just in a nutshell, Jesus told us in Mark 12 and in Matthew 22 to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. And what Jesus was talking about, he's t he was talking about our relationship with God. And then he went on to say to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, he was talking about our relationships, the people around us, not just the person that lives next door, but the people around us. And so, and we, so we know that God is concerned about our relationships, you know, and because we know that everything in life can be great. Your job can be good. Your finances can be good. But if you're marriage or if one of your relationships is in the tank, you might not sleep at night, right? That's right. You're going to have to help me this morning now. So today I want to talk about marriage specifically, but you know, there's so many, so many different aspects that the relationship of marriage influence other relationships. So young people, I know probably most of you aren't married, but and other people, if, if you're not married, there's a good chance at some point in your life that you'll get married. So I want you to listen to uh, the, the spiritual truths that are behind 
these scriptures. And, and I want you to notice what God has to say about it. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll get there here in just a minute. Now, the first thing I want to do, I want to tell you, if you don't consider your marriage to be a great marriage, it can be. If you consider your marriage to be a bad marriage, fear not, because you can have a great marriage. I'm going to tell you something that I've never spoken from the pulpit before. And you know, and I know my wife's heart and I know she won't mind, but there was a time in our life, raise your hand just real quick, huh? Raise your hand real quick. See? <laughs> That's. There was a time in our life where we had a bad marriage. We couldn't get along. We didn't know if we loved each other or not. We sure didn't like each other. And we were separated. I'll say it again. We were separated. So if you are here today and you feel like you're in a bad marriage, there is hope for you. It can be turned around. Glory to God with the truths I'm going to share today. And last week, if you don't have those CDs, and forget about my presentation and focus on the scriptures and the spiritual truths that I share. Because that's what will change you, is those spiritual truths, activating them in your life. So, so it's so important for us to know, if you will not give up and your spouse will not give up, I guarantee you that God will not give up on you. But something's got to change. And that's what happened in our life. Something changed. My wife was determined she was not going to give up. And I finally got on board and was determined that I was not going to give up. And with God's help, today I consider us to have a great marriage. And I hope she feels the same way. Maybe I should have asked her that before I, before I came up here. But we can have a great marriage. Now let me, let me define what I consider a great marriage. Okay? All right. And, and I, just, I just wrote this down. I just feel like this is what the, the Lord gave me. I define a great marriage as number one. It has to honor God. Ah, you guys aren't listening. Number one. A great marriage has to honor God. Number, number two. A great marriage has to honor the spouse. Without those two things, you will not have a great marriage. Husbands, you are not a king. All right? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, women. That's no time to clap. Come on. <laughs> I already told you women wouldn't have equal time. I already told you that. Just be quiet. Please, please be quiet. <laughs> no, but, but women, yours don't rule the roost either. Right? It's a relationship. It's what it is. It's, it's a relationship. So, let me show you what I don't mean as far as a bad relationship. I, I, got, a, I got a couple of things I want to show you here. Now, I want you to notice this. 
I want you to notice, this is not a great marriage or this does not establish great relationships. So I'm all proud and I've accomplished all of these things. And I, I know you can't see this, but this is a great picture of a villa in the south of France. I don't even know what a villa is, but that is one right there. And I bought that and I paid for it and, and it's all mine. A new Corvette. Woo! Now, now I have to say it's not near as nice as Cody's and Edie's or John Mayberry's. But it's still really nice. And I bought that and I paid for that. What? Henry, will you help me, dear? Help you? Can't you tell I'm showing the people what I've done? And then a great house, my dream house in Wayne County, Illinois. <laughs> yeah! None of those things are involved in a great marriage. Even that attitude, that attitude is not part of a great marriage. So what I want, to do, want you to do this morning, I want to give you what the answer is. Of course, most of us, we know what problems are. But you know what, and we have, lots, we have problems here at the church, whether it's communication or, or whatever the case may be. And you know what, it's so easy. It's so easy to point out the problems, isn't it? Well, it don't matter if you're at church or at Napa or, or, or where it's at. It's so easy. Anybody can point out the problems with a marriage or with a spouse or, or with a friendship. It's easy to point out the problems. But what's not so easy is to find a solution. And really, that's what, that's what we always want to know. We probably already know what the problems are. But if you've got a solution for us, you come and talk to us. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. I want to talk to you about the solutions that God has given us in his word. So 1 Corinthians 13. And as you get there, I want to I read Ephesians 5.25 to you. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, now I want to I tell you this morning that I don't think that we do this scripture any injustice if we say, wives, love your husbands as Christ loved the church, all right? And now we know there's differences. We know they play different roles. God has empowered and endued them with different gifts and different strengths. We know that. But in this scripture, we can say, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Or I can say, wives, you need to love your husbands the way Christ loved the church, Right? All right, so let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read 1 down through 3, and then I'll come back and review for the sound booth in case you want to know. Uh, and it says, it says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had gift of prophecy, and if I understood all the secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Verse 3, 
If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, and I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Such a powerful scripture. Now, let's look at that. Let's go back to verse 1 just for a minute. And it says, if you could speak all the languages of earth and in heaven, if you had a direct line, which we do, to God himself, and you could speak languages all around the world and even communicate openly with angels. But if we don't back that up by loving God with all of our heart and our neighbor as ourself and our spouse, and those at Sitco, if we don't back that up with our actions, it don't matter if we can speak at all. It don't matter what. Now, now let, me break, let me kind of break this down to you. So, so it's referring to all these languages. In other words, you can communicate with anybody. And they can understand you. And you can understand them. But if you don't do it with love, nobody can hear what you're saying. Nobody can understand you. And that's, I think that's one of the major problems with the church today. The world can't hear us. We're a, we're a clanging symbol. They, they might hear the words, but because a lot of times it's not wrapped around love and, and wrapped around the right motives and stuff, they can't hear us. It's just a clang to them. And yeah, they, they might be able to understand, but it's a clanging noise and they want to say, shut that clanging noise off. Oh, I told someone the other day, who was it I told that to? They said something about a, about a sermon and I said, well, just rest assured, I have to preach that sermon to myself numerous times before I'm able to give it to the congregation. This is a growing up. This is a growing up. You know, when you, when you hear a sermon about love and the how we act and stuff, you better get out your big fork and you better get out your big knife because this is meat. All right? This isn't milk of the word. This isn't a little bottle that you can, you know, that it takes an e any stomach can digest it. No, it's meat because it's calling for action. It's calling for responsibility. It's calling for us to act like the children of God. Amen. And this pierces my heart, and I hope it pierces your heart, that we've got a long way to go. Amen. So the world can't hear us when we don't act loving. They can't understand us. They don't care what we got to say if we don't act loving to them. Verse 2, the Scripture says, notice this. If I had the gift of prophecy, the scripture tells us to desire the greatest gifts. God wants us to have the greater gifts for the furtherment of his kingdom. But notice what it says. If I have the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all the secrets of God, how many of you know you, that's pretty close to God when you understand you're pretty deep? You're pretty deep if you understand the, the secrets of God and, and you possess all knowledge, the scripture says. And if I had the faith to move mountains, I mean, that's, that's a lot of faith. You know, that's a, that's a lot of wisdom. That's a lot of, that's a lot of knowledge 
from God. Called, maybe, maybe you might even be called to be a great prophet in the kingdom of God. Maybe you might be called to be a great preacher in the kingdom of God. Maybe God has designed, and I know this is true, for you, you to have the best marriage that is humanly possible. But because we don't walk in love, we'll never have it. Because God might have the call upon your life to do something extraordinary. And let me just add as a side note, anytime you walk out what God has called you to do, it's extraordinary. It don't matter if you're cleaning the toilets or preaching a sermon. As long as you're following God, what he has for you to do, that's extraordinary. It don't matter how high he calls us. What matters is, is that if we follow that and we walk in love. And if we will do those two simple things, God will bless us beyond comprehension. So it says there, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, it says I would be nothing. Now just think about this. Think about this just for a moment. You have the faith to move mountains, you have, have the faith to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You have, you have faith to restore marriages and, and to, to restore young people that have, have drifted astray. Just think about that. That that, that could be your ministry, but if you, don't, if you don't have that love in your heart and you don't walk out that love, you're not, it's no good. God can't use that, even though he's placed it inside of us. Even though it's laying dormant right inside of us, just waiting for us to start acting it out. Verse 3, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body and I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would gain nothing. Hundreds of dollars given away. Schools Built, hospitals built. But your reward would be nothing without walking in love. Nothing. Now we're getting into the difficult part. Loving your spouse is not a one day or two day a week deal. Oh, I wish it was. Man, if I could love her for one day a week, I would be a good husband. I I probably would have been a good husband a long time ago. But it's more than that. You know, and of course, Valentine's Day just went by. You know, if you only treat your spouse as your Valentine one day a week, that means you messed up 364 days a week, a year. You know that, right? But this is what I want to tell you this morning. Love is not a feeling. Love is not goosebumps. Love is not an emotion. I'm telling you, stick with me here. Love is an action. It's something you do. And 1 Corinthians, you read on down, it tells us what love looks like. It tells us what love acts like. I'll just go on to say, you know, I just don't, I don't even believe in love at first sight. I don't believe in that. You know what I do believe in? I believe in attraction at first sight. Can nobody believe in that? 
The first time you seen your girlfriend or your wife, was you attracted or was you in love? Huh? Huh? Which was it, Rick? He's afraid to say. She's back in the nursery, Rick. You can say. Attraction. I knew it. I knew it. What about you, Justin? You're laughing awful hard. What about you over there? <laughs> uh, so love is an action it was it's an outward expression of respect and adoration that's what it is and, and it doesn't happen overnight it takes time you see we have to learn to love someone I know that don't fit into your little bubble but you have to learn to love someone. Let me point. You have to be around them for a while. Why do you think you, you, you dated for a year or two or three years before you decide to get married? Because you learned to love them. You found out what all their little, little things were and, and you learned to love them. Now let me use this illustration to kind of point out, kind of back that up. You know, many, many people that come to the altar and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior... They don't stay hooked up with the church and with God long enough to completely fall in love with who Jesus is. They hear who he is and he died on the cross for them. But then, but you can't learn all about the love of Jesus for you and you can't learn all about him in six months. No, it takes time. But if you will stay hooked up with the church, with, with Sunday school and Wednesday night, you will learn who Jesus is. And the more you learn who Jesus is, the more in love you'll be. Amen. Love is an action. The book of James tells us that love is an action. It tells us, excuse me, the book of James says that faith has action, right? It says, you know, you, you know, see, I can see your faith this morning. You're sitting here today. I can see your, I can see your faith. When we passed the, the, offering, uh, the offering bucket, you see, I, I could see some of your faith. I could, see, I could see your faith in action while you putting your offering in there. Well, see, we have to bring our love to the forefront just like that. The Bible says that when we are born again, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. Now, here's the problem. It's in there, but our flesh and our mind we don't want to put up with it. We don't want to bite our tongue or, or we don't want to do something for our spouse that they would like for us to do. See, love has action. We have to learn to love somebody. You know what? Well, I can see, uh, I can see the love between Mark Miller and Jennifer. I can see the love between them almost every Sunday morning. I can see that love. I hope you can see the love between me and my wife when we're out together. You know, we're, we're always holding hands. I, I love her. I, I like to hold her hand, but, but I've learned to do that. And I'm not a big hand holder. I'll just, I'll just admit I'm not a big hand holder, but she is. So what does love do? Love holds her hand. 
You see, because I want her to know that I love her. See, I want her to know that. You know, the, 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 few, uh, the few times that I, I've counseled people before marriage, and I tell you, I, honestly, I really don't like to do it. Because they come to me, and, or they've came to me in the past, and they say, oh, we're just so in love. And you know, and I don't doubt it a bit that they're not truly in love. I mean, who would I to argue? They look like they're in love. They act like they're in love. You know, they smile and gitsy, gitsy, goo hoo hoo. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever the. <laughs> I, I always know I said something weird when, the, when you turn your head. <laughs> That's all right. <clears throat> so I don't doubt they're in love, but now think about this for a minute. What I have doubted before, that they would stay in love. See, it's easy to love them. For, it's easy to love for a short period of time. I'm going to love you until you make me mad. And then I am out of here. It's easy to do that. You know, during these same, same times, later on after I've had, couples have gotten married and stuff, and they'll come to me with problems and stuff, and they'll tell me about all this craziness going on. Has anybody ever had, well, never mind, let's, don't, don't raise your hand on that one. But we, we have all, in every marriage, I think there's probably some craziness that goes on, right? Every marriage, some craziness that goes on. And sometimes I'll just stop and say, wait, 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 wait. Do you guys love each other? I said, well, yeah, yeah, sure, we love each other. Well, act like it. My goodness. Quit throwing grenades over the bow. Quit shooting. Well, get them out of your scope. Start loving them. <laughs> Read the scripture. My goodness, act like, act like you love each other. And you know what? I can't tell you. Yeah, you probably have a good idea. Can you imagine how far that goes in a relationship? If you'll just act like you love them like you say you do. You wake up every morning, you look over at your wife, say, I love you. And your, spat, your husband, same way. You look over here and say, I love you. No sarcastic, no sarcasm for me. I'm not going to say anything. But it's true. <sighs> it's easy to love someone for a short period of time. It's easy to say, Lord, I love you. And then a year later, you going to church? No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go boating. You going to church? No, I'm going to go fishing. Don't have time. It's my only day off, you know. Is that right or not? You just don't want me to lie in church, deacons. Huh? I don't want to lie in church. I want to tell the truth in church. Here's the secret. Walk in love. If, if you say you love somebody, act like you love them. If you say you love your neighbor, act like you love them. Wave at them. Don't throw rocks at them. Don't build a higher fence. <laughs> love them if you say you love them. Act like you love them. If you want your spouse to know that you love them, 
Find out what they like. And then do what they like. Find out where they like to eat at. You know, we've actually got a, a thing back there this morning, a screenshot. It says, when a husband and wife love each other, there's nothing impossible except deciding where to eat at. That's the only thing that's impossible is deciding where to eat at. Mm. But treat them like you love them. Monday, treat them like that. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Treat them like you love them. Now, let me tell you, this is the solution. If we will act out God's will. See, when you, when you act out a, an act of love, you are in God's will. You are walking out his will when, when you act out an act of love. And maybe you wouldn't even really, you'd rather not do it. Well, what did Christ do? He sacrificed for the church, right? Can you not sacrifice a little bit for the ones you love? Huh? Can we not do that? I can't. Yeah, I can do that. I'll tell you, these are spiritual truths that are easy to talk about, but they're hard to do. I challenge you over the next few weeks to make sure those around you, they know that you've got the love of God shed abroad in your heart. Whether it's your neighbor or whether it's your spouse or your children, make sure they know that you love them. And that's the solution. And let me tell you what that will do. It will change you, but it will also change them. I want to say it again. If you will love those around you, it will change you, but it will also change them. I have seen this so many times. In fact, last year, actually the last couple of years, my, really my prayer had been, uh, this is just a prayer that I, I, I pray over myself, and it's, Lord, help me to not let their bad attitude, people around me's bad attitude, not influence my attitude because I don't want their bad attitude, <laughs> right? How many of you here want a bad attitude this morning? No, 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 we don't want a bad attitude. So I've prayed that for a couple of years now. Don't let their bad attitude ruin my day. Don't let somebody at McDonald's at the drive-in ruin your day, right? Right, right. So when we choose, when we decide to walk in love, it will change us, but it will change those around you. But one last thing is right before I close here. Two things, faith and love, they're, they're so tied together. You see, faith is, is not something you do when you just kneel to the cross and ask Jesus to come into your heart. No. That's, that's a one-time event. Faith is something that you walk out for a lifetime. The same way with marriage. When you're standing up there and you say, I do, that's not love. That's not, that is, that's just an event is all that is. What you're committing to is to walk out a lifetime of love. A lifetime of faith. If, we, if, if believers 
can learn to walk out a lifetime of faith and a lifetime of love, we would win this country for Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. You know, when I said that, that reminded me of Pastor Mark. I wasn't here, but I heard it. uh, Well, maybe I was here. But anyway, he said, well, if you're, if you can't, can't clap any better than that, don't clap at all. <laughs> well, I want you to clap just better, okay? Pray with me, please, as the praise team comes. Heavenly Father, we do worship you, Father. We just thank you. Father, I just pray for every heart here this morning that they've received and received these spiritual truths that you have given us in your word. Father, I just pray for courage, Father, for everyone sitting here, that they'll have the courage this week to step out in love. And yes, even though we might wave at people and they won't wave back, that's okay. And even though we might love people and they might be rude to us back, that's okay because Christ did that also. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Father, that everyone sitting here today can receive this message of love and a a lifetime of love. And by doing that, they can walk in your blessings. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. I want to I share one last short story here as the, as the praise team plays there. This is a very important story. And it says there's an elderly man. And he had went to a doctor's appointment. And he was kind of in a hurry because he had another appointment. So, so he told his doctor, yeah, you know, I'm kind of in a hurry, you know, if we can make it a little bit short. And so the doctor said, you know, what, uh, what, what are, why are you in a hurry? Where are you going? He said, well, I have another appointment. He said, uh, every day at 10 o'clock, I go eat breakfast with my wife. She's in, she's, uh, she's in a home and she's had Alzheimer's for five years and Every day I go eat, eat lunch or breakfast with her at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the doctor thought for a minute and he, and he wondered, well, if, you know, if she don't know who you are and she has Alzheimer's, well, why, why do you go every day? And the older man said, because I still know who she is. And I want you to think about that this morning. Think about your spouse. You need to remember who they are. You need to remember, yeah, they might annoy you. (laughs) And they might get on your nerves sometimes. And they might burn the meal sometimes. But you know, when they married you, you probably wouldn't know Jim either, right? I can only imagine what my father-in-law thought when when we first got married. Oh my goodness, I thought, oh boy, she picked a winner. Oh, I can just only imagine. I told you that story to encourage you to consider your spouse. Consider those around you. Love them. Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. And they need to know that. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church 
You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.